Welcome to Bible Slash Chat. Gus. How are you, John? I'm wonderful. My voice is back. It's so nice. Yeah. yeah. Not that nice. But anyway, whatever. It's good to have you back. I uh, did good get to have you. Well. I got a haircut, too. You got a haircut, which is nice. Yeah, yeah. you were starting to look like a, a Brillo pad. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Yikes. S-O-S. Get Gus a haircut. Oh, no, I'm my. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just teasing. I haven't heard that since I was in 10th grade. At least you have hair. That's what we like to say. I, on the other hand, am yeah. not. Am well, busy. I'm not even going to get involved with that. Exactly. Mine looks like a clear-cut forest. <laughs> <laughs> so. The Amazon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nah. yeah, the Amazon on farmland. So we uh, we started, and then you got sick, we started a series on love, and we're going to pick up on that. Yes. So this would be your opportunity to speak now. <laughs> well, I actually was, I was thinking, I have many questions, so uh, which one of the questions should we deal with? But you've been doing, you've been doing a, you took a break from, yeah, first did job. you take a break? I don't know, that's probably uh, not a break, right? Well, you, you got me in trouble on that. But no, yes. I didn't get you in trouble with that, I just... Uh, but you, you you've been going through First uh, Corinthians thirteen, right? Um, so I have a, an old. Before we get into some of these uh, particular things, I have an all encompassing question yeah, yeah. that I. Uh, so we talked about how there's no problem with reading something like this on uh, in a wedding because, yeah. uh, well, it, this is what love is. Even yeah. though it's love within the church, we right. talked about the the context, but. Uh, I think that one of the things that I, I would have a hard time with is how to put this into practice mm. uh, before we get into get into the nitty gritty. Yeah, yeah. How do I put this into practice uh, at church? Yeah. Uh, with unbelievers. Yeah. Th- totally. Th- can that be you know applied to unbelievers? Totally. Uh, in my family, yeah. uh, when I don't feel loved. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and when I don't really want to love yeah. uh, people around me. Uh, because of X, Y, and Z. Yeah, and there's always a reason, right? There's always exactly, some kind exactly. Of pain. Well, we think, well, if I don't, I'm not loved, then yeah, I'm not gonna love. Totally, yeah, yeah. It's actually really interesting. I think like that's actually, I, I mean, I think it's, I find it fascinating because this is actually law, in one sense, right? Yeah, Paul's yeah. actually commanding us to yeah. do certain things. He says, love. And this is what it should look like. So it's a law. It's not like it's not like grace. You're like, oh, you're receiving something. You're actually commanded to do something. And in this yeah. case, you're commanded to feel something, which results in action. Yeah. So it's very profound the, yeah. the weight of what uh, of what's here, and that legal sense of it can feel heavy, uh, particularly in situations when you're not being loved, yeah. right? Uh, whether it's an unbeliever, believer, family, whatever. I mean, that, that there's times when we're not loved, and how do we respond yeah. to that? Yeah. Um, and that's where, like, I think the um, like kind of we talked about this at the end of the last video but that that first John 410 is such an important yeah. verse first John yeah. 419 we love yeah. and the reason we love is because he first loved us yeah. uh, it in this is love not that we love God but that he loved us mm. so love is actually always a fruit so it is the law and it is a command but it's a command that we can't carry by ourselves yeah. God has to do it for us and he does it in us through by faith in his love for us mm. so the more we believe that he loves us the more we will respond with love to him and love to others. Mm-hmm. So love is always going to be a byproduct of him. And in that way, he always gets the glory for it, right? Yeah. Ultimately. So if you find a, yourself in a situation like in a family, like you have family dinner and you and there's you have in-laws over or whatever and they don't love you, how do you love them in that moment? And the answer is actually... You, you have to, right? You have to. You're commanded <laughs> you're to. Commanded and you to. know. And actually, I think yeah. Christians know that. Yeah. Like we know we should. But then the question is like, well, how do I do that? And the answer yeah. is... It's not about you loving them. 
It's yeah. actually about you realizing the gravity of your sin that you don't love them yeah. and that Christ had to die for that or you would be in hell right now yeah. because you don't love this person. And that the weight of your own sin and the reality of what Christ has done for you then becomes the power to then love that person who's not loving you. Yeah. And if and if that's not working between you and God, it will not work between you and your in-laws. Yeah. How, that's a really interesting thing. I have thing. great in-laws, by the <coughs> way, just in case they watch this video. <laughs> they won't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They won't. No one does. <laughs> no but one does. Just on the off chance yeah. that someday this gets, um, yeah. Cindy and Dean, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Love them. They're fantastic. <laughs> Wonderful people. Mm-hmm. So uh, in, in, the, in, the, in the case of, like, you're talking about someone who's a believer, yeah. then um, I, I've heard, actually, people say, well, it's fine if they... If they're believers, it, because they're also commanded to love you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But an unbeliever, yeah. how do you love an unbeliever? Yeah. Uh, it doesn't even have to be a family member, uh, you know, a neighbor, a coworker. Yeah. Um, you know, there is that you know that idea that says, well, if they don't love you, if they don't love yeah. God, then I mean, yeah. you have no relationship with them. Yeah. Is that what you know? What yeah. you would see? And I would say no. I think like um, we're actually commanded to love our enemies, right? Mm-hmm. To do good to those who persecute us. So we're actually commanded by Christ to have a heart of love mm-hmm. for those people. Um, the best thing I've ever heard on this is John Newton. And I would, if you're watching this and you're curious about this question, I would encourage you to go to a, a letter that he wrote to a young pastor. Just mm-hmm. Google John Newton on controversy. Yeah. And it's one of the most, it's one, it's, to me, it's one of the most profound state, series of statements on how to interact with people over issues. Mm-hmm. And, one of the, and the thing he says about unbelievers, he says, if, if this person is an unbeliever, he says, there's a couple things you have to remember. One is, you the reason you are a believer and he's not a believer in that moment is actually God's kindness. Yeah. Those roles could be totally reversed and God could choose could have chosen to do that and he didn't. So it's not you that's godly and the other person is ungodly and that's because you're a better person. It's because God's chosen you for that. So that's number one. <coughs> So realize that in your interactions with them. And then second, of course they're going to struggle. They don't have the Spirit yeah. of God in them. They're not believers. A believer should know best of all yeah. that the, an unbeliever is going to have a hard time. So we should have pity for them, not wrath. Uh, how foolish it is for us to be upset to, at, at somebody else because because we think we're better than mm-hmm. them. Like, of course not. They, they, don't have, they, they don't have the Spirit of God. So they need our pity and not our wrath yeah. uh, when it comes to, like, interacting with unbelievers, which... Yeah. I think remembering our own failings, uh, remembering our own weaknesses, remembering the mercy and kindness of God to us. And again, going back to that reality of how much God loves us and how we're just the objects of God's mercy, produce mercy in us for other people and particularly unbelievers. It's interesting. God, John John 3.16, he says, for God so loved the world, right? Does he have the exact same love for every unbeliever that he has for believers? No, certainly not. Are we we firm in our our views of election? Absolutely. But God's heart Isaiah 45, 22, come unto me, all the ends of the earth, yeah. and be saved. Like, he is telling people, come to me. Like, don't don't turn from me, right? He loves them, and he's provided the means for their salvation in the person of Christ. Uh, it's, it, is, it is sufficient for all. Efficacious for some, but sufficient yeah. for all. And God's heart is for the world to come to him. So I think we need to have that same heart, right? Reflect God's heart. And that's really what Matt Christ says in Matthew 5. Love your enemies. He says, if you love only those who love you, even the worst people in the world do that, right? Yeah. The tax collectors yeah. do that. Yeah. He says, but be like your heavenly father. He loves, he sends the rain yeah. on the just and the unjust. We do. We should do the same thing. Bless bless, and care for people who don't know Christ. And that's actually the greatest means yeah. of the gospel. That, that, I mean, that's something I was going to say. So in a sense, it's remembering the gospel. Totally. To fuel our love for, 
I'm not even saying uh, enemies, but no. even unbelievers yeah, that totally. are tough to love or yeah. things that we, you know we, we see on TV or you know you know your uh, the news things yeah. that are tough to see people that have opposing views yeah. and uh, anti-Christian rhetoric totally and of course they're wrong yeah of right? course yeah but um, even Paul says in Titus three it's one of my one of my favorite texts in Titus three. Um, he gives, you know, that beautiful verse, he saved us, not on the basis of yeah. deeds which we have done in righteousness in verse 5. But in verse 3, he says, uh, he, he says, um, well, actually in verse 3, 1, uh, chapter 3, verse 1, he says, Remind them to be subject to rulers, to authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good deed, to malign no one, to be peaceable, gentle, showing every consideration for all men. So he's like, don't be yeah. a fighter, don't do any of those things. Yeah. And he says, verse 3, for we also once were foolish ourselves, <laughs> mm, yeah. disobedient, deceived, enslaved to various lusts and pleasures, spending our life in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. Yeah. Like that's who that, that's who we were. Verse four. But when the kindness of God our Savior appeared and His yeah. love for mankind. So what? What's the? I, I mean, we're we're not different than they are. Like, why would yeah. I malign anyone? Yeah. I'm I'm just being an idiot when I do that. Yeah. I, yeah. I and yeah. I was in the same place or worse. Yeah. So I should have a heart of tenderness and compassion for yeah. everybody, and that's the fruit of that. That's super helpful. Yeah. yeah. Well, I hope Thank that's you. helpful for you. Yeah. I did not anticipate this question at all, but I hope this is helpful <laughs> for you. Good question, guys. Thank you. Um, we, uh, we'll continue on this series on love. I hope it's helpful. If you have any questions, you can always email us at uh, info at faithbibleoc.org. Thanks so much.